Oh, yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Man, that's fun, isn't it? <laughs> how many of y'all win you? How many of y'all know you can't win in your mind? You can't win in your own effort. If you can do it, it ain't Jesus. That's why even wisdom is a liquid in the Bible. Liquid wisdom. Wisdom has mixed her wine. That's why we have a good time. Holy! Woo. If there's beast, wisdom kills them. You know what beast is? Having consciousness in solid matter. <laughs> Having consciousness in something you can control. If you can control it, it is not God. <laughs> it's true. Thank you, Jesus. We need to get out of control in the river. Losing our minds progressively to the living water. God gave us the living water to live in freedom and abundant life over financial oppression, over physical oppression, and over spiritual oppression. When you are in the living water and the living water is in you, and you're ruled over in your thoughts by living water. You're at peace with God. And that's what crushes Satan underfoot. What's the God of peace? The God of Jerusalem. What is Jerusalem in the new covenant? The source of living water. If the bride comes down like a scroll in Revelation, and she says, come and drink, guess what comes from the bride to heal the nations? The living water. That's it. One thing only. One thing you lack is more living water, more drinking, less thinking. It's true. It's as simple as that. A lot of people stuck in Egypt trying to fix their problems in the dry place. When an evil spirit comes out of someone, just look at your neighbor and say, that's you. <laughs> it goes into dry, arid places. And it finds no rest. So it says, I will find seven spirits more wicked than myself and I shall return to the house that I left. And the latter condition is drier than the former, unless you be filled with living water. Pretty soon you won't know any other type of Christianity except living water entity. Living water entity. It's here to stay. Jesus Christ called 
His second coming, the days of Noah, which means the days of living water. The knowledge of the glory is the knowledge of the living water. It's the ability of the new creature in Christ. And we're pretty drunk. You know what water to wine is? It's when you're completely conquered by someone not yourself. It starts in water, but it turns to wine when your mind is fully revelated to the control of the water. That's water to wine. And you're drunk all the time, which means you're satisfied. Jesus Christ said, I've come that your joy would be full and your joy would be overflowing. Jesus called joy a liquid, full and overflowing. That sounds like living water to me. First thing he did is the sign at Cana of Galilee turned to water into wine. What does it mean? It means that liquids are about to take over solids. How many of y'all know you started out a liquid, you ended up as a solid? Job 10.10. Curdled milk and spilled cheese and stuff like that. The nastiest verse in the Bible. But it's in there. (laughs) There's a lot of really gross stuff in the Bible. (laughs) The Bible is so real, it just deals with our situation. Unashamedly. God does not mind going into the manger of man. He doesn't need the nice palace. He doesn't need the nice hotel. He just likes to come into the middle of your mess. So he's born in a manger. Wasn't born in a clean place. Mangers are unclean. He came in the flesh. Came in an unclean place. And he made it clean with living water. Which represents the ability of sanctification where any anywhere God is he makes clean as it is written to the clean all things are clean to the unclean everything's unclean which simply means is your mind in the water that makes clean or anywhere else some dry place some self place some soul place some religious place the answer to all sin in religion all deception and lack of knowing him is baptism the mind needs an anchor deeper in the water otherwise it goes insane you know mental illness is the fruit of the dry place and that's why it's everywhere it's because we don't have enough knowledge of living water which is true revelation keeping our mind underwater so that the dry place what grows in the dry place In Egypt, the worst problem was flies. And the flies multiply in the brain, just like in sheep. It's their number one enemy that kills sheep is flies, laying maggots in the brains, which represents a person that's not having their mind constantly washed in the water of life. The dry place of the prince of the power of the air is all the enemy has. There's only two trees in the garden, living water 
and the dry place. <laughs> and when you get into religion, it's a resistance of the Holy Spirit. Religion's the Antichrist that doesn't drink the living water. It refuses to drink. It only tries to analyze. It only tries to self-help, self-promote, self-protect. All of its thoughts are inside the soul, which is in Egypt. When the woman goes down into the water in Revelation, and all the world's problems are answered, it's simply when the believer's soul goes deeper into the control of the Holy Spirit. The Bride of Christ coming into a maturity where she's releasing her spirit into the world and not her soul. We've had the bride release a tremendous amount of witchcraft. That's the 2,000 years of sanctification we've had in Christianity from the beginning. And so the third day, he raises the dead, which means day one, dead. And a day is as a thousand years. Day two, dead. He's dead on day two. Day three, raised from the dead. What raises you from the dead? The elevation of the river of life. That is your transport into God. That's your translation. That's your transportation. That's your sanctification. It's your salvation. It's everything. In fact, the whole kingdom of heaven is underwater. Jerusalem is an underwater city of the fountain of the Lamb. Three-tier fountain. Seven heavens of Father God. Seventh level blue, color of God the Father. When you're completely, totally marinated, saturated, pickled, and baptized in Father God glory and controlled by your Father. Jesus Christ was so controlled by his Father, the Bible says he couldn't even say anything unless his Father had said it. So when his father wasn't saying anything, how many of you know he was a sheep before his shearers and the sheep shepherd was silent before his slaughterers? Are you not going to defend yourself? The father wasn't defending himself. Jesus didn't say anything. Jesus was so exactly like God. If God didn't say anything that day, he'd never open his mouth. And it's not hard to do that. It's just getting in the flow of the water of life and getting out of self that's always strife. Dry place, always making excuses. Oh, the warfare is so bad. It's because the water is licking up the dry place. Every single one of us has a beast that's learning to no longer talk. That's what sanctification is. Corinthians says that infants in Christ do not know how to talk yet, for we are mere young believers, it is written. And so what is a mature believer? Voice of many waters, God the Father speaking right out of your heart, right through your soul. The living water is the voice of the Father. The living water is the person of the Father on earth as it is in heaven, is flowing in the glory. Flowing in the Father is your entire purpose in life. All discipleship is to grow in union with God, to have a copycat ministry, to have a copycat business of your example of Father God. Jesus said, I only do what I see my Father doing. <laughs> Problem is, is, a lot of people can't see. You know what? Laodicean church, what does he say? You gotta buy ISAV. 
problem with the seventh church, which is where we're at now going into the kingdom age, the last church age, and we're transitioning the church age of the seventh church of Revelation into the kingdom age, is that they think they see. They think they're seers. They really do. They think they see accurately. But he says, buy from me gold that you may actually see. What is buying gold? Selling your soul to the living water for the living water vision to flow through you like the eyes of God. Buying gold from God is not with fiat. It's not with Bitcoin. You can't buy it with anything in the natural realm. But Jesus Christ said in the red letters, Revelation chapter 3, you gotta buy gold. The Lord says buy gold, which means trade what you're currently in for more of the kingdom. More kingdom. Your kingdom come. Teach us how to pray. They said, teach us how to talk like you talk. We want a repeat after God ministry. We want Ephesians 5, 1, like well-beloved children imitate their father. We don't do anything unless their father is saying it and doing it. Teach us how to do live like you live, Lord Jesus, Matthew 6 says. And he did. He said, all you got to do is get baptized in the glory. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. And the glory is the Father just living his life right through your bodies. But if you don't want to yield your heart, if you don't want to yield your mind, if you don't want to yield anything and you just want to live religiously with the control of the irrevocable gifts, you just don't know the Father. you got a shallow relationship with God. A Laodicean seventh church relationship with God is your absolute final enemy. The prophetic that you can control is the last enemy you have to overcome to come into a much more mature prophetic. And we all need to. The whole church on earth needs to. We're going to be the church of the firstborn in heaven where there's no walls, which means spirit out of body all the time. People are going to be wrapped in the spirit in the day of the Lord, which means clothed in glory, clothed in power. And it starts with Christ in your spirit, clothing your own body, which is wearing the garments. You think you're well-dressed? Jesus Christ says to the last church, you're naked. What is nakedness? It's not a nudist beach. It's not being clothed in the glory. It's not being clothed with Jesus Christ's word on the outside from the inside. It's not all the way through because the heart is a flap that damns the river from clothing you on the outside with power, authority, angel armies, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, everything in the river all the time. The river has every gift in it. See, God has visited the earth and given gifts to men, Scripture says. Now, the gift is given by God to all men, to all women. Some use their gifts, almost everyone uses their gifts for a long time for themselves. The wisdom and the test of this earth is learning how to use everything for God in the river back for him for his pleasure for his dreams for his heart and you just totally get over yourself grow to a place where your eyes come off of yourself 
Grow to a place where your money is not about yourself. Grow to a place where your family is not about yourself. For there's nothing lived in your life for self. For self is the immorality of, idol of idolatry. Self, which is soul, which is your mortal enemy. It will kill you if you don't conquer it. You only die. You don't die because of the devil. You die because of soul. Soul is what kills you. And your spirit continues on, but because of your soul, you die. So you have to overcome. What's an overcomer? The soul. They love not their soul unto death is how they overcame the devil. Revelation 12, 11 means if you can't sacrifice more of your ability to control, this is a place of absolute constant testing and faith. What does the Bible say about testing? It's for faith. Faith is a continuous testing of soul and spirit. The two trees in the garden are soul and spirit. No one's born again circumcised of heart. That's total madness. It's unbiblical. There's a progressive circumcision of the soul to come off the spirit that's in your bellies. So if anyone's spirit is not coming out of their belly and conquering their mind, they're simply not circumcised of heart. Moses taught us in the symbolism of the Exodus that you're circumcised as adults after crossing the Red Sea, Israel was circumcised. Has nothing to do with anatomy, has nothing to do with male or female, has in the new covenant has everything to do with getting the soul, the goat, the pride of the fallen angels that lives inside the human heart, getting the heart off the spirit. And that's what you'll spend all your time sanctifying until spirit is flowing like a river through your heart and heart has no influence over your mind. Angel of death on the doorpost is your own heart and your own blood covering your mind. That's why people are crazy because they have their own human blood, animal blood on the doorpost. Animal blood on the doorpost. The Bible says the doorpost is the forehead. I'm going to write the name of Jesus Christ on the forehead so the mind is going to be controlled with different blood than your blood that you have from your mom and dad. The blood of Jesus isn't an external job. That's religion. That's craziness. The blood of Jesus is a spring. The great shepherd shall lead them to the spring of the water of life that springs up in the spiritual stomach. And now it just doesn't get up into the head. So that's why we're just stuck in our own opinions and thought life. And what do I need to do? It's all about what do I need to do? Give me advice. Give me wisdom. And, and the reason why we're not in the flow is because the river can't get through the self nature that's right here in the heart. Death is in the human heart. You conquer death by spirit piercing through the heart. And it's not just one needle through the heart. The whole flipping thing needs to dissolve in you until the river of life is piercing out of you in seven directions like a tree of golden light, the tree of life. Fruit of righteousness is the tree of life. And when you win your soul, it's through wisdom it is written. <laughs> Twisting Proverbs there. So you understand, how about we win our own soul and get our own soul glorified so we know how to win other souls and not just turn them into some kind of Pharisee of soulishness that doesn't have any heart circumcision. So now they're stuck in themselves trying to be good instead of stuck in themselves trying to be bad. That ain't Christianity. That's con converts to paganism. If it's still in soul, it's paganism. If it's not in spirit, God is spirit. Those who worship God have to be in 
spirit, those who are led by the spirit are the sons of God, which means you're only in God, being fathered by God, if you're in the spirit part of you. If you're in the soul part of you, you're still an enemy of God. Your thought life is an enemy of God. Your ways are the enemies of God. You love Jesus. You raise your hands in worship. You try to do your best. But because of a lack of spirit, you're still fallen, sinning, and sinning is against God. It's sin against God that makes you fight God. Especially the people that didn't want to. That's why they're offended. When you don't want to sin against God, but you still do because you're in soul, you get offended by the truth because you're trying so hard. <laughs> it's not about trying. It's about believing. The word believed upon pierces the heart. Circumcision comes by faith alone in the word of God, which peels back the self and reveals Christ in the spirit, which is growing in grace. Jesus Christ has been made grace unto us, it is written. Grace came through Jesus Christ, the law through Moses. The law on the outside, grace on the inside, greater is he who is in you than the law that's in the world. The living waters supersede the law. They fulfill the law. I haven't come to do away with the law, the law is still there. Last time I checked, that's what rules all nations on planet earth right now. The issue is, we need to fulfill the law with the living water by finding the spring of Christ in our own bellies and then actually letting it flow through our heart. And if it's sealed, it's because of the external law, which is simply sorcery. Rules and regulations, the curse of the fall, jennies and jambres, white and black magic, which is do's and don'ts in the brain. Do I do this or don't do that? And all controlled by outward things, which is the religious fallen angels. And you come out of all that into the freedom of the river of life. And it's no longer any about doing, it's about believing. And the river has carried you up to the place of freedom where you can just be, which is Sabbath day's rest. Hallelujah. That's called the gospel, people. We're here tonight to preach the gospel, the everlasting angelic gospel. Why is it the gospel the, of the angel proclaiming it in the mid heavens? Because only the spirit ever gets this revelation, the soul never really gets the gospel. The brain don't get the gospel. Carnal things cannot be understood carnally. Carnal men cannot discern spiritual things. It's impossible, scripture says. That's why an angel or a spirit, even your spirit as an angel, is the only part of you able to speak, preach, and teach the gospel or to be saved by the gospel. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with your what? Spirit. The grace of the Lord Jesus saves your spirit. Has your spirit taken over your flesh? That's the work in progress. That's what all the fivefold is here for. The perfecting of your spirit in the conquering of your mortal hearts. When immortality clothes mortality, as it is written, it means that your heart changes. So that your spirit is now your heart. If your human animal heart, that time glass in your heart is still your heart, then you're still human. You have weakness. That's the overcoming of death. Is the overcoming of the heart. It's a gradual transition. And you have fun the whole time. It's only hard if you like your heart. If you don't, then it's easy because all you get then is the spirit. I like the spirit more than myself. And so the gospel is easy for me. It's fun every day. I have tons of fun every day because it's not about me. It's not about my heart. 
It's not about my ability. It's about the Holy Ghost. It's about God. It's about grace. It's about faith. The river's real. I don't change the river. The river changes me. God's not depending on me for anything. There's no pressure to perform. We're depending on the river for everything. The river is what saves the world, the Bible says. So we don't have to save the world. The river is what fulfills our destiny. Is I can't fulfill my destiny. The river can effortlessly, easily. All I need is a greater yieldedness to Christ in me. And we know that Christ releases rivers. John 7:38. Out of my belly is flowing the rivers of the Holy Spirit. And so is out of yours, if you know him on the inside and you're not bewitched. Yet two major enemies, bewitchment and religion. Soul and bewitchment. These two are what take out the vast majority of Christians. That's why most of them aren't successful. Most Christians do not fulfill their destiny. It's because of soul, right here, your heart, and bewitchment. If you can annihilate soul and bewitchment, it gets so easy it's stupid. You'll get intoxicated, you'll get constantly encouraged. The gospel becomes a river to you. In the river you discover new things in God every day. You're excited to brush your teeth when you're in the river. You're excited just to move your body. All the movements are fun. Not one single thing in life is boring. Even if you work at McDonald's, it's thrilling because I'm taking the river into Mickey D's. These french fries were made in the river of life. People are going to eat them and just get whacked. Oh my God, God. But if you're bewitched, it's like God is some other activity and I'm stuck in my own heart. Cursed. I just can never break through because it's all about me still. I don't perform well enough for God to show up. If I was an only a better Levite, God would love me more if I did more things better. And that's what people think. But it's total deception. So that's why we need people just releasing floods to get them out of them, their own thinking. You splash living water on the Egyptian mind, the carnal mind. People experience God. You just keep renewing the mind. That's the water that's unconditional love. Loving unconditionally is a covering and a canopy of the Garden of Eden, where there was perfect weather all the time. We create the perfect weather for all the animals in the garden. Animals in the garden is the reference for those living in the flesh of the brain, where my consciousness has never escaped my own skull, and people are pioneering for me an escape out of my skull to be set free from my sins to live in the living water. That's what pioneering is. No one's ever pioneered anything except in the living water because there's only two trees in the garden, living water and dry place. Jesus Christ said of the kingdom of hell, it's all sand, it's all dry place. It's all pyramids. It's called Egypt and Sodom, where our Lord was crucified. It is written. Zion is the place of the river. Zion is the place of fountains and springs. Zion is the place of green, verdant, everything and new life and growing and blossoming and fruitfulness. And it's all manifest by who God is. And so we're being engrafted progressively by revelations into the manifestations of God the Father's reality called the world of God. 
the kingdom of God, the world, or the consciousness of the reality that the Father himself lives in, that Jesus experienced his whole life since he was born of the Holy Spirit. He lived in the Father's consciousness the whole time. He didn't have his own separate thing. He was never separated from God except at the cross when all the sins of the world came upon him. But then he was just back up in three days and was like, okay. That's what he did for us. We were separated, but Jesus Christ removed the veil. He removed the separation. There is no separation. There's only deception and demon possession. You're not separate from God. God is fully manifest in your spirit in all the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Colossians 2.10 says you are made full, which means at birth, day one, is the fullness of deity in bodily form, and you can't get any more. You know, it's like you can't get any more human than a fetus in a baby. You got the whole DNA package there. It's it's the person's there. And it needs to grow up. It needs to mature. But it's imparted in fullness in seed form. The seed is there and then it just manifests what it was the whole time. It's not like it wasn't already there. That's how it is in Christianity. When you're born again, the fullness of the Father is there in your spirit. It just needs to be realized in the renewing of the mind by focusing in on Jesus in you, not you in you, beyond you in you, into him in you, is what materializes that reality of his fullness inside you in bodily form. That's how the waters rise in the temple. You progressively take your eyes off of you and they get completely fixed on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith, <laughs> who for the joy set before him endured the cross, removing the separation so that you could be in union with him, not just in spirit, which is when you're born again, but in soul and mind, which is the knowledge of the glory, in internal living water knowledge. A knowledge of how God flows in his original design in creation through the Garden of Eden. Genesis 2.10, the four rivers of the four river heads of God's fullness through man's soul, which is the soul returning to the full control of the waters that watered the earth in the Garden of Eden. This is the total transformation of your soul is progressively running on a greater liquid substance. And that's what the Bible calls salvation. So when a people go all the way in the river, then there is a demonstration of the Father through their entire glorified souls. And what does it look like in Revelation? A people that know how to minister the drink, to all who are thirsty, which means have dryness in their soul, seven-headed beasts in the soul, control and self-consciousness in the soul, inadequacy in the soul, which is all the religious fallen angels in the soul, which fills the whole world. The God of this world has blinded the hearts of unbelievers. All the unbelief is washed out of the soul. So you're fully in the face of God, seeing God face to face in all your soul constantly. And that's what you're growing up into. You have the DNA imparted from God the Father in your belly. And now it's just looking inward into him and letting him rise in you and conquer you by revelations of how much he loves you. 
and how much grace is given to those who believe. The word of grace is the commandment of the new covenant. It's called the law of love. So if you're obeying the word of grace, you are in original design to the Garden of Eden. You're staying within the walls of the living water. You're staying baptized. You're staying clean. If you get out of grace, in the word of grace, which is out of the living water, you leave the city gates, for the gates are always open. Most people go in and out of the water, which means in and out of the kingdom. You read Rick Joyner's The Final Quest series. It talks about all Christianity and all churches if they even had life in them, would send scouts into the river to bring back water to their churches. But there wasn't anyone that had the full deal flowing through them. It was just scouts and like intercessors and prayer warriors that would bring it in from an outside source. Because once your church or your group of people is running on the river, the walls are dissolved. You're on the mountain of transfiguration where there's no shelters. Peter, James, and John, we can't build shelters up here because the water is running too ferociously. The walls just melt. It's like the Grand Canyon. It just dissolves the walls. The walls are still man's control. And when the river becomes the walls, which is the Jasper of Revelation, it means the whole river of life controls your soul in all directions, north, south, east, and west. It's a place of great faith. It's a place of being completely controlled by your friend, the Holy Ghost, and not having any stubbornness, not having any self-willed attitude, not having opinions, not having rights, no selfishness in this zone. The glory zone is a selfishness-free zone. You can't bring it in. It's outside the gates, but you can wash it out of you. And as it washes out of you, you go deeper inside Jerusalem. <laughs> How deep in Jerusalem you go? Infinite. God's infinite in depth. God cannot be searched out. A king's heart is beyond knowing. A king's heart is beyond searching out. It is written. This is the heart of God. This is eternity in the Father's spirit, in the Father's glory, in the Father's river. The Bible says the river is the Father's, but it has to go through the Lamb to cleanse sinners. Once you're cleansed, you go right through the Lamb as a son, and it's right into the Father. The Father is the promised land. Jesus is the gate to the Father. Nobody comes to the Father except through me, which means Jesus isn't where we're going. You're not going to Jesus. Jesus said, you're going to my Father in heaven, which means you're going back home to the source of light and life. You need to learn how to be sons and daughters, but you'll first be dependent on a lamb because it's going to remove all the false I am. You know, the I am's of Satan of Isaiah 14. We will study that. Yeah, right. You can do that in your own time, man. That's sad stuff. I will set my throne above. You know, that's what a religious spirit is. Religious spirit is the I am's of Satan. It's setting the soul above the spirit. Holy Spirit's so humble that it's, it's often hard to even reach us because we've set our soul higher than the spirit. That's why only the humble can hear clearly. If you're not humble, you're in pride, you're too high. 
to hear from the Spirit of God. Communication with the Spirit is only clearly heard when you're lowly in heart. Lowly. Meekness. The meek shall inherit the earth. The attributes of a real disciple and Christian and believer is lowliness. Which means I'm in the low part of me, in my spirit, which is actually a high part of me. So I'm hearing clearly. I don't even need answers. I don't even have questions. You just have a river controlling you on the inside. If he wants to say something, he says it. He wants to do something, he does it. A disciple is like an angel around his throne that's just available for orders. All the angels around God's throne, and if God says something, all his angels obey his words. So what do sons do? Look at Acts chapter 9. Jesus, the word of God, came right from the Father and smote a Pharisee off his high horse of pride, blinded him for three days, and allowed scales to fall off him. It's the picture of one assignment of one normal son of God. And you are also the sons of God. Jesus is the firstborn from among the dead of many brothers and sisters to follow, the Bible says, which is the first one that understands how to take orders, learns how to take assignments, which is live angelically. I have an authorized scroll from my father to do this work. No dead works. I'm authorized. I'm sent from God. And him whom the Father has sent, he has given the river without measure. Why do things dry up for people? Because you just get out of the river into some kind of religious idea or opinion or theology or selfishness and some demon leads you astray. Just some stupid idea that came from who knows where. We know where. The enemy sowed these seeds. Enemy always breeds on human selfishness and religious opinions and ideas and dead works and strange fire. That's what destroys almost all Christians, and it's the same strategies today as always been. So if you get become a disciple of the river and get baptized in the river, you've overcome the ability for the enemy to distract you and destroy you. That's kind of stage one. First John says, I commend you young men that you have overcome the evil one. I wonder how they overcame the evil one. Maybe they became disciples of the river in the water gospel. These are ones that probably knew how to drink. Drinking was a major theme in first century Christianity. It's pretty minor nowadays. It's kind of fringe in the glory stream. A lot of glory ministers drink. But drinking will become the only expression of Christianity on earth in the future because out of your belly will flow rivers that you drunk. Now the spirit and the bride can say come and drink, which is the first offering by a collective group of believers of real Christianity. We've never really had it before. We haven't matured to a place to offer the nations the cup of God. You know what the cup of God is? Yeah, we know it's the cup of salvation, blah, blah, blah. It's offering them the glory of the Father that can only be drunk and can't be thunk. That's why it's a cup. You can't intellectualize it. You can't mental ascend. You can't get saved by brain knowledge. Knowledge can't save you. Knowledge can corrupt you and cause you to fall. But a liquid impartation of the substance of Father's light will regenerate your spirit and conquer the natural part of you that lives in the earth dimension. And an animal consciousness is completely washed away in spirit living water consciousness is manifest of the living creature as you conquer your own soul the soul gets conquered progressively 
by Christ in you in a constant realizing of the glory, which is fixing your eyes on Jesus. How does transfiguration occur? Looking constantly, Bible says constantly, into the glory of the Word. Is it the Bible? No, it's the, the written Word on your spirit. It is the Logos. It is the Word of God. It is the Bible. But it's manifest and alive, written by the Spirit on your spirit. That's intimate knowledge. That's revelation knowledge. That's what illuminates your spirit to go from glory to glory, from one degree of brightness to a greater degree of brightness by the Spirit who's your Father. How is He fathering your spirit to conquer your soul and your mind? By writing words that are everlasting laws of love letters upon your spirit and burning up all the disagreement in the soul that puts your walls down. You know, growing in Christ is becoming a city without walls. Jerusalem, a city without walls. You know what that means? That the glory, the Father has become your walls. What is the armor of God? The Father of glory as the walls around you. Any other form of protection is deception. It's religion. It's actually just religion and sorcery in the self-nature pretending to be clothed in God. And what the Bible says, there's pretenders everywhere. Another word for pretender is a Pharisee. A Pharisee is someone who does it in soul. You can't do it. Jesus did it all. So the real deal is Jesus standing up in your spirit and you just gave him all the pretending part of the soul so there's no boasting before God. No one can say I did anything. You simply yielded. There isn't one champion of faith in the throne room that said, Man, I really obeyed God with my life. I deserve to be here. No, all they did was make room for the glory in their soul and got over themselves and they let the river flow. Grace and humility is just letting the river flow. And it will often reveal areas of our life that we haven't given to the control of the river where you need to drink and lose control. You have strongholds. Second Corinthians 10, 5, we break down strongholds, which are mindsets of unbelief that haven't been given to God, which are controlled to altars of demons that are still manipulating our soul in wide paths of destruction. Circumcision of soul, because you'll circumcise your heart, we'll work on that. We'll also circumcise your brain, and we'll circumcise your bones. It simply means a progressive disconnecting from the enemy and connecting to the river of life which causes you to go higher in the spirit in the highway of holiness where there's no unclean thing as you go up unclean things will constantly fall off you we drive demons out of people like every single day oftentimes the same people for years because there's a lot of stuff that needs to come off of everyone it's common to all men but when you're in the dust of the earth you just think well it's got to be some kind of dramatic thing like the Gadarene demoniac. No, it's in elevations. Strongholds are building systems of the enemy at elevations that your spirit hasn't pierced through, that your inner man hasn't even tested it. You just live under that elevation. It's not that you have 5,000 demons in you. It's that you have 5 million demons above you. 
truth anyhow. So you go up on the inside, and that stuff is around you, though you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Where's the enemies? The Bible says, 1 John 4, 4, in the world, which means outside your temple. Yeah. And so you're clothed in the glory, and the more you're dependent on the Holy Spirit and the river of life, the more your inner man can stay clean and ascend through that mess. Everyone you've ever known that's ever gone to heaven has ascended through the second heavens and has seen the enemy clearly. Read the book of Enoch. Place of ice, the place of all the fallen angels and the watchers, the place of all the satans. There's not any prophet of all time. You read about their encounters with God and going into heaven. You have to go through the fall. There will be external opposition, but your spirit gets built up so you can fly through it in the living waters, which is the path that Jesus has set before us, the narrow way to go into heaven and to descend into the earth. He who ascended is also he who descended. We're not just going into heaven, we're also bringing heaven to earth. And so you become a pillar in the house of God that holds up the kingdom of God over the fall and through the fall until the reign of your spirit is strong enough and mature enough to wash away the dry place in the heavens, new heavens where living water dwells, which is righteousness, new earth where righteousness dwells, which is living water. And it's progressively coming like the days of Noah, where it just started raining. It started springing. The fountain of the great deep broke up, burst forth, and the storehouses and the windows of heaven were loosed and opened, and it began to rain, and it began to spring. And the rain in the spring is all in the believer's spirit. You are the bringers of the rain. It's not Jesus on the outside, some kind of bewitchment, false Christianity. That's nonsense. That's how the enemy has defeated most Christians in our generation. It's the building up of your spirit to be the exact likeness of God, no longer infants in Christ, but those that know face to face on the inside and the greater one, Christ in you, in the full realization of the glory, not just part. We speak in part and know in part, but then prophecy is fulfilled. And there's no more prophecy when we know in fullness. What's the fullness? The river of life conquering the inside and carved out everything else that's not living water, which is Father God getting formed on the inside of your bodies. Every area where you look inside your body and it's not God the Father's bright, condensed glory, it's you. And that's a place where the sanctification, where the angels and the Spirit and the Word of God are going to work on and erode it. You know, the Bible says, I must decrease and he must increase. What is that? The soul must decrease and the spirit must increase. Soul is dry place. Spirit is living water. Out of your innermost being, which is the new creature in Christ flows rivers. So the nature of the spirit, when it's born again of spirit and water, is to fill the vessel with living water. Why are we dry in our mind? Because we lack revelations of what Christ has produced in the spirit. And the enemy has influenced their minds to be dependent on the old man or the old woman, the Adamic or the Eve person, which is in the realm of the natural, which is a forfeit of the new creature's birthright. And that's why we don't come into a full inheritance, because we don't come into a full dependency on what Christ placed in our spirit. Because we're dependent still on the arm of flesh and the brain. What was left in the dogs of Jehu? Yeah. The brain and the hands, Jezebel. That's the last principality you're overcoming as an entire bride of Christ worldwide is the brain and the hand. 
the flesh of hand, the ability of religious works. That's what the hand represents. And religious mind. That's what the brain represents. That's all you'll overcome the rest of your lives as you grow in faith. That's all you're overcoming. The overcoming of Jezebel is the overcoming of your own brain and your own hand. This is the temple. You overcome here. You don't overcome out there. It's not someone else's fault. You have the ability to overcome the whole curse of the fall in that temple that you're living in as a spirit being that has a soul that lives in a body right now. Amen. So that it's no one else's fault. You can conquer as much as you want or play the blame game and just live in delusion and woundedness and it's everything's everyone else's fault and I just I've had such a hard life not as hard as Jesus everyone is without excuse in the whole world and now it's just an empowerment of the spirit getting revelation of the ability of the inner man and becoming more than conquerors this is how you take down the devil. This is how you take down this wicked, Luciferian, satanic death cult with their armies of FBI and IRS and all the nonsense going on. And it is it is very severe. They, they have waged war. The enemy has waged war against the born-again people of America. But the born-again people of America are stronger because we have Jesus in us. And what's going to happen is our faith that has been very evangelical and it's wonderful and I, I love the zeal and I just I enjoy all of it I like even the mess that infants in Christ make it's fun I like nursery I like all of it. but it's even greater to mature the spirit and just take out the enemy and it will happen we are absolutely on autopilot there's no question about the outcome it's just complete and total slaughter it's not even gonna be close and it's just a remnant pressing into a deeper place on the inside and developing the spirit and just showing everyone what's available and it's going to catch like wildfire and then the floods will begin to hit and the satanic death cult that's been oppressing you financially, um, physically, spiritually, in your cities, in your counties, in your states, and your, your federal government, and militarily, and it's going to hit all nations. Communism will be destroyed. All of it will be drowned. It's all just 200 million fallen angels desperately trying to keep control of the earth because all the stars fell to earth the bible says so if you lose control of earth which is the earthen vessels and they're underwater the enemy doesn't have anything that's the lake of fire to them hello the empowerment of the human spirit with the seven spirits of god and the gospel of the word of god is how the enemy loses control when every when water is flowing like through everything and this living water is grace so when grace cancels out all the legalism and christians have so much legalism and you gotta just drown that stuff in you because you're playing with the enemy's arrows and that's why they can still touch you gotta come out of the enemy completely the bible says come out of her my people don't play with the same games as the religious spirit don't play in the soul realm stay in the water play with living water and drown the soul realm and the enemy won't touch you but if you're in the soul realm the enemy can touch you because you, you've chosen to put yourself in that Egyptian dimension that is ruled by legalism and so if the soul is in control it is still in Egypt it's not in Zion it's not in the promised land so there has to be a coming out of her my people 
There has to be a lifting up of the spirit out of the earthly into the heavenly where there's different rules. There's still rules in the heavenly, but it's the law of liberty of a mind completely controlled by living water instead of a law of sin and death of a dry place of a soul that's not in the river. So these different dimensions have to be made plain and you have to experience them and you'll have your own wisdom through experiencing this in your own time by your own desire and how deep you want to go in God and how much you're able to obey the Holy Ghost. It's all dependent on you. None of it's dependent on God. God's perfect. He never changes. It's how much you change. It's how much you can change your mind, get over your culture, get over your mindsets, get over your hum human nature, and just get into the river. And the drinking is the fastest way to do it. In fact, you can't even get out of you except by the gift of the living water. You can drink wine from people whose water is already turned into wine. That's the best ministry on planet Earth, the ministry of wine, when people are already baptized with their head under the living water and it's turned under into wine, which is a mature brother and sister of Jesus Christ. The ministry of the wine is the greatest ministry. It's the arch of the new covenant. Suddenly he transported in the house of my wife because they ministered the maturity of the Lamb of God. They covered the doorposts with the blood of Jesus, the angel of death passed over, which means I did not experience death in my soul. I experienced a resurrection life in my soul from someone else who's pressed into it, which is the tabernacle of David that will cover all souls. Yeah. Covering all souls ain't good enough. <laughs> we need to have it for ourselves through our own wisdom and personal sacrifice and intimacy with Jesus Christ. The Bible says 144,000, not just 1,000. Not just 100 in RLM, 144,000 of all nations, tribes, and tongues that have awoken to the spirit man's ability with Christ in it. Amen. To live out of the invisible and rule the visible with living water. Living water, the Bible says, is the ability to rule the world. The rulership of the kingly nature of God was given entirely to water. Just liquid. Because what's the enemy? Control. No water. Brain. Flesh. Animal. Beast. What's dragon? Dragon is just those bloodlines of control. Out of the mouth of the red dragon flowed a river. It's a river of control of those that are still in control. Red dragon is just the people that live in selfishness. Sadly, a lot of Christians are in the red dragon. A lot of Christians grow in Red Dragon Revelation, false Christianity. A lot of Christians grow in sorcery, false prophet. False prophet is the empowerment of the soul, which is mostly what you have in the prophetic right now. Very rare that it's just all spirit, pure spirit. We need to go from mixture, soul and spirit, to pure spirit, which is a pure circumcision, a pure ministry, for a pure harvest, a pure heart. What's a pure heart? A heart that's clear by the crystal clear living waters that sparkle. How do we do that? By yielding the selfishness of the soul to the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Amen. And the cross is not a place of pain. That's a religious thing. It's not a place of suffering. The cross is the place of the glory. 
The cross is the place of ecstasy. The cross is the place of conquering the soul in the spirit. The cross is the crossing over from soul to spirit, which is called salvation. When spirit conquers soul, there's a greater brightness, a degree of light in the eyes. You begin to feel it in the brain, you feel it in your skin. There's side effects through letting spirit conquer soul. It's called going from glory to glory. It's not all at once. It's how many times does it take? I mean, it's thousands of times. I've experienced it thousands of times since I was born again 23 years ago of going from glory to glory of spirit conquering soul, which is really the healing of DNA by God's DNA inside our hearts. It's letting him devour the cocoon, cocooning the heart, cocooning the mind. Any part of us, and that's why you get your family and friends that test you, because that's the temptations of the evil one, to hold on to the stuff that doesn't want to change. The potential to change everything about your family bloodlines has been imparted into your spirit at birth. That's why your family always goes crazy. I've never seen anyone. I've seen this tens of thousands of times, people. Tens of thousands. I've never seen the family not go crazy when a person got serious about metamorphosis. It's just impossible because you're completely changing the human DNA. You're changing the family genetic structure. God is really the creator and you let him into your spirit. Now it's just, are you going to get serious or just mess around with human Christianity and pretend like you're a Christian when it's just mostly selfishness and fake? Getting real is letting this whole thing dissolve. Caterpillar, mush. The whole ability of flesh and blood, Paul says, I counted it as a manure pile. A disciple, a Pharisee of Gamaliel, the highest school of education in the universe. And he says in the Bible, you know, it's the highest level of education for the soul available in the universe, which is true. To this day, the Jews use Paul's teacher, Gamaliel, as the reference and standard in all Judaism on planet Earth. And that was, and he was the best disciple and the best student of Gamaliel, the Bible says. Which means it's the pinnacle of the soul's ability in the natural realm, Paul says, was a manure pile. It is literally turds. So if you have a huge investment in the manure pile, well, I mean, the spirit is not your thing. And so you have no God your whole life. You have ideas about God, thoughts about God. You watch, tune into a Joel's bar once every three months when it's convenient for you in between your manure sessions. That's exactly how it is. Because the kingdom is not your deal because your deal is the manure pile. It's true. Everyone has a manure pile. And we're just in denial, like it's not manure. But Bible says, Revelation 3, blindness thinks the manure pile is something special. My doctorate in divinity. My master is in business. All this formal education, soulish education. My, all of my training in the realm of the natural is valuable. Not according to scripture. According to scripture, it's manure pile. According to scripture, the training of your spirit is the only thing of eternal value that's not totally demented. Hallelujah. So you can take the training you have in the natural realm and apply it to spiritual wisdom, which is walking through the valley of the shadow of death and fury no evil, letting his rod and staff comfort you. 
constantly through everything you go through externally, progressively valuing the mentorship, the discipleship, the leadership of God the Father present in you by His Spirit every day. So that's what you use, the external things. All the prophets went through crazy external things in the Bible. Daniel in the lion's den. Jeremiah thrown into a well. Exile into Babylon. <laughs> I mean, just crazy stuff everywhere in the Bible if you read it. Paul in prison. John on Patmos. Jesus on the cross. The prophets went through crazy, crazy stuff externally, but all of it was for the growth of their spirit and the triumph of their spirit. That's what made them great in heaven. That's what Hebrews 11, the hall of faith fame is all about. That what you go through externally is for Christ. It's for the development of the spirit. And so you will have tremendous external experiences. You'll deal with all kinds of crazy stuff. You'll live the most adventurous life. If you are about developing your spirit and letting the father of spirits father your spirit, you'll have the greatest, wildest, most fulfilling external realm of anyone in your region. You'll be, the, you'll be the center of your region simply because of desiring to grow your spirit, even though they won't want to put the attention on you to wake others up if you got the spotlight. It's like the development of your spirit is the most important thing, the most interesting thing in the world. But the enemy doesn't want to highlight and put you in a spotlight because it will illuminate the meaning of life. He wants everyone delusional, distracted. It's about success in the marketplace. It's about money. It's about finding a spouse. It's about having a family. No, it's not. It's not. It's about developing your spirit in the Holy Spirit into full spiritual stature. It's about starting your eternal life now. Today is the day of salvation, which means today I'm living in the eternity of the eternities. That's what salvation is, that I'm not stuck wasting my time on external things. I'm living in heaven as a spirit like I would be if I didn't have flesh right now. Amen. That's what it means to not live deceived. I'm living for the eternal part of me, for growing in my eternal part of me, getting fathered in the eternal part of me, and the temporal has zero influence on me. That's what living in wisdom and revelation is. That's what maturity is. It's not about works. It's not about the world. It's not about saving the lost. You're the lost. You need to save yourself. And then you have an understanding of the developing of the spirit, where the spirit of the lost needs to go to once you're saved. You can only bring people to the place you're at. Mostly evangelists don't have any place to bring them because they don't have any knowledge of the living water. They just save them into the dry place. Save them into church buildings. They go in there and they become disciples and just in need of some kind of system in the realm of the natural? That's not Christianity, that's paganism. Hook them up to the river. Make organic, free-range Christians. Amen. And there's no fighting around the watering hole because to get to the watering hole, you've been washed the whole time from your envy and strife. 
The mountain is the source of living water. Mount Zion is the mountain of the living water that rises as chief of all the dry mountains in the last days. Amen. Those seven metal mountains of Enoch simply get drowned by the one mountain that rises as chief of all the mountains in the last days. Zion's living water is rising in the remnant by understanding God inside minded new creature development and the ability of the new creature is all water. And the water be fire and the water be oil. The water be wind, winds of water, water fire. This is not the limitations to the elements on your periodic table. This is the kingdom of heaven and it changes in the water at the speed of thought according to the renewal of your mind of how much revelation you have. Jesus grew in revelation. His miracles progressed as he knew his abilities. At first he had to kick all unbelievers out to raise the girl from the dead, Talitha Kumi. Later on he's mocking Satan publicly, letting him decompose in the tomb for four days, Lazarus stinketh, and then brings him out amongst all the sons of Satan, levitating in loincloths. Unbind him, loose him. Which means he couldn't walk, then how did he come out of the tomb? His own faith lifted the corpse up, put his spirit back in his body, and brought him out floating. The resurrection, lifting him up out of the realm of the dead. He didn't do that at first. He was influenced by people, so he had to kick people out of the room. Jesus grew. You are growing just like Jesus in faith and ability of your spirit man. Amen. And it gets easier and easier because it's more and more progressive reliance on the Father in you who does the works. What did Jesus say? It's the Father in me doing this. I'm not doing this. I don't have any words of my own. Jesus was knowing his Father more and more and more and manifesting the Father's ability through his body until it was the full manifestation of the Father's ability at 33 and the Father took him and then gave you the same impartation that Jesus had and to see what we're going to do with it. And that's the test of life. How far will you go in the development of God's impartation of divinity? Which tree are you going to grow in your garden? What fruit are you going to have before God? The fruit of the flesh? The fruit of the soul? Or the fruit of the spirit? We have reproduced the Garden of Eden back on earth for the Father to walk with the children in the coolness of the day. And the leaves of that tree, which is our spirit conquering our soul, are the healing of the flesh, which are the nations. Amen! And Jezebel, all that selfish pride in the soul of know-it-all, false prophetics and crap stuff of revelation, false revelation, garbage dump that's been dumped on us by soulish mystics in this generation, just gets burnt out and just return to the simplicity of the Garden of Eden, being children of the living water, God inside-minded lust-free, pride-free, sin-free, in the glory, but taking orders, and you really know by the unity of the brethren. Or that lone ranger, what's the fruits of the flesh? Divisions, factions, envy, strife. 
So if there if there's the separation from all the living water, the Garden of Eden, and it's just my little organization, it's my little ministry, you know that's a hireling. Listen, this is a part of the whole body. It's all about bringing wholeness to the body and understanding the whole picture of the bride, which is the perfecting of the living water that you can drink it everywhere. Freely without the control spirit. Freely. It's also free and it doesn't cost you money, but it's free, which means no religion. Freedom from religion, freedom from flesh ruling over the spirit. Freedom from man's interpretation of the Bible, which is always wrong. Freedom from rules and regulations, which are wearisome. God hates that crap. It's all about being controlled by the living water, which is the law of liberty in Christ Jesus. If the living water is ruling you, you're in perfect obedience to the law of the new covenant, which is love. Love is obedience to the living water. If you're walking in love, it's because God's controlling you and you're flowing with God. If you're controlling you, you're not walking in love. You're walking in self, which is the counterfeit of love. The whole soul is a counterfeit. Any part of the soul or self-control, which is false counterfeit self-control, it cannot practice love because the Bible says only God is love, which means soul is the exact opposite. And it's not just the eros of soul, the false phileo soul. It's all of the counterfeit of the soul. The soul is a pretender of all things divine. And it just needs to be annihilated, the entirety of it. So leader, leadership is a people demonstrating the annihilation of soul and the manifestation of spirit as superior. And it's a liquid language called wisdom. The mature speak a language that the immature can't understand called wisdom. That's what the Bible says. So when you're speaking spirit, you're speaking wisdom that's only interpreted through regenerated, built up, mature spirit beings, light beings that can communicate angel to angel like Michael talking to Raphael or like a Christian talking to a Christian, which is iron sharpening iron, spirit sharpening spirit, where the soul is dissolved, the flesh is dissolved, the brain is dissolved, and it's spirit to spirit. That's the Holy Spirit in a regenerated new creature communicating by the Holy Spirit to a regenerated new creature, which is actual fellowship. Amen. Amen. And the purpose of the kingdom, the Bible says, is for fellowship. What is revival? I tell you what truth, revival is simply fellowship. It's not just all kinds of crazy works, I'm going nuts in the spirit. No, that's done. We're done with that fake revival. That burning out man control revival where it's about works and the gifts of the spirit. This won't be about the gifts of the spirit. This will be about the overwhelming manifest glory of the Father through vessels going invisible, through souls going invisible. Right, you don't see any gift except the gift of the Father. Yeah. Hallelujah. Because if you can see any other gift, then that man or woman's in the way. If you can't see the Father and they're there, they're using the gift selfishly, usually to build ministry to make money. But if it's about manifesting the Father, that person means business to dissolve flesh, to dissolve Babylon, 
to dissolve selfishness. That person doesn't care about their life anymore and has truly overcome the devil. Using the gifts like that to dissolve the natural realm so that you can't even see them and they don't really care who gets the glory as long as the kingdom advances and we're doing damage to the enemy. Those are the actual champions around the Father's throne in heaven right now. And they're not known or popular in Christianity yet because you're led mostly by hirelings. People that have irrevocable gifts that use their stages for their big ministries. Where, how about our big ministry is Father God? And there will be a shift and there will be big ministry amongst those that serve Father God. That's a covenant promise. So don't think you can stay hidden in the caves like Elijah forever. There's a time where Elijah takes the throne. Elijah's not running from Jezebel. Elijah's not on the battle of Mount Carmel. Elijah's not fed by ravens. Elijah's not at the widow's house in the famine. Elijah has done all that for 6,000 years, the spirit of prophecy. And now Elijah, which is the prophetic people of the river of life, is on the throne. Amen. This is the generation that Elijah, which represents the prophetic, is enthroned over the natural realm. And the steps to get there are all this dissolving that seems like attacking of certain things. It is necessary. It's what the sword of the Lord does. Where is the sword of the Lord? At the temple with the sacrifice. The sword of the Lord is not out there in the dry place fighting Egyptian warfare. The sword of the Lord's in the temple, killing the sacrifice, killing the beast. The, the beast is right in your own forehead. We're using the sword in Egypt. You need to use the sword in your heart and mind, and then you'll rise higher above the warfare, and your temple will go from glory to glory. The elevation will go into demon-free zones. If you're fighting externally, you'll be in warfare your whole life. But if you're fighting internally, which is changing and transforming your soul, which is called sanctify yourself, Jesus Christ said, be holy as your Father in heaven is holy, warfare won't be forever. The living water be forever. Be lifted up into a different dimension where there's no warfare. It's called New Jerusalem. There's no Jer warfare in Jerusalem. Heavenly Jerusalem is a permanent promised land created by Jesus Christ's works where there's perfect peace. That's where the God of peace crushes Satan under feet when you overcome all the external battling and simply the reason why that external stuff's happening, you cut it out of your own soul and go into a higher dimension of the Holy Spirit that's already perfected for you. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I tell you, I go to prepare a place for you. You don't go. You don't do anything. I go. I do everything, Jesus Christ says in the Bible. You simply let the river take you there by stopping all of the external distractions. Come on. Get out your mind off of all those distractions. Keep your mind on the victories of Christ who's conquered everything already. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He's the way to the Father. He's the restoration of the Garden of Eden life. And it's going to get more and more real to you as it burns your hearts and brains up and your spirit begins to get built up in the Word of God. More rock solid, yet gel. You solidify in there so that your spirit man is more real to you than your natural man. And it learns how to create wealth to rule the marketplace. So we're not living like bums. 
We're living like kings and priests of planet Earth, Revelation 1, that know how to create and rule over economies. Like a sea of glass, like businessmen that know how to rule this world. I'm about my father's business. I'm about an economy of creating abundance. Amen. We got a lot of religion, but wisdom is totally contrary, and that's why a lot of people can't listen to this stuff. Because we just got this religious crap. A lot of us have not developed actual wisdom, and so actual wisdom is contrary to our nature. So to have an, a successful, transformed life in the high place, like the royalty of the 12 sons of Israel, ruling the world, ruling over Egypt, going through the stuff, being of the most excellent spirit, being of the most skilled like Daniel, having all of those attributes of God's nature manifesting through us, not just sloppy messes, always screwed up and poor and broke and oppressed and fighting ground warfare, distracted. No, get out of the devil and get into the river and let the river transform your life into the high place, Isaiah 60, riding upon the mountaintops and eating the inheritance of Jacob, becoming successful in Christ, not by your ability, but by the mentorship of God over your souls, brooding mother hen, your soul's getting hit, your heart's getting hit, your every aspect of your natural man and spiritual man are both changing. He's transforming both realms. He's transforming the natural realm. Otherwise, you'd still be in hell. It's a lot of Christians are. It's what Gehenna is. Is that we don't have faith for the natural, just the spirit. We need them both raised up. We need heaven on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is only returning after the restoration of spirit. No, things, the restoration of things. When the natural realm is governed and ruled by your mature spirits, and all the Gnosticism of Satan stealing our inheritance in the realm of the natural is burned out of the believers, there will be a maturity like Solomon that ruled the natural realm by what? Wisdom. Wisdom, a greater wisdom that actually works, that demands respect, that demands honor, that people acknowledge is the real deal, not some flimsy fake church Christianity that doesn't work on a street level, but God and all of his power formed in you that commands authority in every relationship with successful people, with powerful people, not just with religious people in some kind of weird Christianity. Not just with church people, but out there amongst the animals like the days of Noah that has rulership over all the animals and the animals are coming into the ark. Amen. Real living water. Christianity like Jesus had that ruled over everything. He had power over the elements. He had power over the peoples. When the Pharisees and the sons and daughters of hell tried to do things illegally to him, he simply spoke a word and it stopped. Stop. He shut it down. He did not allow the demon to do anything. He just put it in chains. And they went back and they had no victory. They couldn't do anything against the Messiah. And you need to come to a place where the Messiah is so formed in you 
that the enemy is not even a factor anymore. That the Father's a factor and the governing of this world from your high place in God is the only factor. We blow up the enemy too much. There's no enemy in Jerusalem. This is the days of Noah where it's not about the enemy. It's about the animals. It's about the souls. Enemy just gets drowned in the lake of fire when we're not distracted on other things. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I think that's enough for tonight. Let's soak in that in Jesus' name. Lord, let's release the angels in this place to deliver hearts, to deliver minds, to deliver souls for a greater baptism of the Spirit be built up. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Need a lot of deliverance. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for everyone watching online that's getting training and discipleship. Thank you, Father. Speak into every heart and mind. Let that stillness and that peace. Let it work. Let your spirit go up through your heart. Let there be a resurrection from the dead. A demonstration of the apostolic is dead raising. And your spirit goes through the dead realm, which is your own heart. Let your spirit pierce through the human heart, which is the realm of the dead, and the human blood, which is the river Nile. And let there be victory from Zion in your spirit, Jesus Christ in your spirit. There's only one Lord Jesus, and He's in all of our spirits who believe in Him and obey Him. And there's only one enemy, the human heart. There's only one bloodline, the river Nile, of all human blood. So we understand how Egypt is devoured by Zion as Zion in all our spirit devours Egypt in all our hearts. And that's how the enemy goes down when Zion goes up. And we thank you, Father, for it. With everyone at the sound of my voice experiencing an increase of Zion's living water piercing upward through their hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Let there be healing in the DNA, breakthrough in curses and generational curses, bloodline curses, and stuff of the familiars that have worked in your generations. Let it come off you now by the waters of Zion and the blood of Jesus. And those contracts with the realm of the dead, let them be canceled and dissolved and burned in living water. I cancel every curse in your heart, in your mind, in your blood, in your soul, and release all the blessing of Jesus Christ in your spirit to flood you from the inside. Let it come out your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth, and out your skin, and loose you in your bones and marrow, and give you Jesus Christ's reality, the kingdom of heaven manifesting through you covering you above, below, all around, all throughout you, and translating your consciousness out of whatever realm into a deeper realm in the kingdom of heaven right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you for the ministering angels assigned to each soul here. And right through your angels, let light pierce into your brain. Let light pierce into your blood and upgrade you in divine light. Not just saved spiritually, but mentally, morally, and physically, and financially. Salvation is also financial. Poverty died on the cross to set you free. Amen.
Thank you, Jesus. A greater freedom in a greater glory of knowing the Holy Spirit more. Promised Land is knowing the Holy Spirit as the seven spirits of God, the seven heavens. The deep blue of God, Father God. Knowing the seven spirits of God as Father God is perfected freedom, perfected liberty, perfected glory. Heaven on earth. And we thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Give a rich offering into Red Letter Ministries. Be a blessing to this ministry. We have tremendous financial need in this ministry. You know we're always under such crazy attack because we're doing this work and pulling people out of the matrix, really discipling a lot of people, partner financially with this ministry, give an offering, links in the description. Love you guys. Have a sizzling night in the fresh glory. And we'll see you tomorrow. It's going to be an awesome week of greater glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Glory. <laughs> Amen. <laughs>